0: the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Well, welcome folks to this, our second Sunday of Advent. On this second Sunday of Advent, we are called upon to reflect both on the first and on the second coming of our Lord Jesus. So, let me uh, invite you, if you would, to take out this white handout. We're making progress, it's only half as long as last week's. Take out this white handout, if you would, because I think that will help you as we go through. And let me start with a little story here. I was about to, uh, to get on board a tour bus in Bavaria, in southern Germany, in Bavaria. You know, one of those buses where the, where the tourists are taken around and they get shown all the various sights. And as I got on the bus, I looked up and I saw our tour guide in this very handsome looking Germanic uniform, something like a train conductor. And he was wearing this jaunty little hat, and around the hat band were the words Der Fuhrer, that is, the guide. And suddenly, I had one of those moments where all the pieces just seemed to come together. Yes, exactly! People need a guide, don't they? They need a leader. And in the midst of economic chaos and social instability, along comes a leader who offers to guide the people out of their current tribulation to the place where they want to be. But after a while, the leader becomes an idol, and sometimes even evil. And that's exactly what happened in the case of Adolf Hitler. Now, in the highly politicized months that we have just come through, well, for that matter, whenever we watch the nightly news... The question keeps coming back to us, how will humanity ever reach its full potential? Surely, we think, in a nation as big as ours, there must be some individual who's qualified to lead us, to be our guide into a better future. So we come up with a list of rock stars and athletes and professionals, and politicians who might fill the bill in one way or another. But before very long, we sometimes begin to imagine that these people will be the solution to all the problems that beset ourselves in our society. We end up idolizing rock stars as sort of the icons of complete freedom of our emotions. You know, if only we could feel that good all the rest of our life for the three minutes that we're listening to their song, surely that would fix much that is wrong. Professional athletes become for us icons of physical strength and triumph and exciting victory. Sometimes scientists and doctors seem to be the very embodiment of prosperity and sometimes even immortality. But interestingly enough, you know, Christians have their own little version of how this works. Some believers take religious leaders and they put them up on a pedestal viewing them as if they were saints instead of just the mere sinful humanity that they are. They're just like the rest of us. Now, our Old Testament text this morning is a call for us to remember the very limited nature of human solutions to humanity's problems. Every human solution to war, poverty, depression, and disease has its limits, doesn't it? To our vain imagination, it seems somehow that the latest technology will allow us to live forever. But what does the psalmist say? You return man to dust, and you say, return, O man. We may take all the vitamins that we wish. We can join every health club that we want. We can eat organic as much as we can. But you see, God's promise is not going to change one whit. He has drawn a boundary beyond which human potential may not go. God the Creator declared, My spirit will not abide with man forever." For he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. You know, the Western world in which we live is based on a very peculiar narrative. It undergirds everything that we do from the economy to education. That little narrative goes like this. Just give us a little more time And we're going to get it right. In fact, every day, and in most ways, we're getting better and better. Well, indeed, are we not smarter, healthier, and stronger than any other people the world has ever known? (laughs) Interesting, though, some Christians have their own little twist on this narrative. It runs like this. Every day, the world's getting darker and darker and spinning farther and farther out of control. I just can't imagine how things could possibly get worse. (laughs) But this morning, I would like to offer you a very safe bet, if you want to take me up on it. I will bet you that the problems that we face today are, in fact, the same problems that have plagued humanity across the centuries Even human attempts to solve those problems only end up being a very minor variation on a small set of themes. You know what the wisest man who ever lived observed? He said, a generation comes, a generation goes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises, the sun goes down, and it hastens to the place back where it rises. But what has been will be and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, see, this is new? No, it has already been in the ages before us. And here's another safe bet. For all the political talk, anxiety, and spilled ink of the last six months, I predict in eight years we're going to be back to a place not radically different than where we are today. Because that's just the nature of the present age in which we live. Now, here's my point this morning. Only God can do what must be done to transform the world. And He is going to do it through His Messiah the Anointed One. There is no other solution that has any long-term prospect of success. God has an answer to the world's problems and it is in Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. Okay. As it turns out, looking to human leaders for solutions is about Half right. To be the solution to humanity's problems, we need a leader, we need a guide, indeed, we need such a one who shares humanity's nature. Such a leader needs to understand and experience, in fact, even sum up what it means to be human. Paul wrote For there is one God and one mediator between God and man. It is the man, Jesus Christ. But you know what? We need a leader who is also more than just human. We need one who, unlike any other mere human man, is able to transcend human limitations. Now, our Old Testament text this morning speaks of this kind of man, speaks of the Messiah. In fact, the whole of the Old Testament scriptures is looking for this Messiah. Here's what Isaiah prophesied about him. I've got you the text there, Isaiah 11 in your handout. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. A branch from his roots shall bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. Verse 4, But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips. He shall kill the wicked. Verse 6, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fatted calf together and the little child shall lead them. In that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal for the peoples of him. The nations shall inquire and his resting place shall be glorious. Now, wouldn't you like that man in the White House? Wouldn't you like that man in the Kremlin? Wouldn't you like that man at number 10 Downing Street? The time is coming when he will rule the earth politically, visibly, and gloriously from Jerusalem. Now, every time you and I see a human leader doing their job well, we are called to remember the true Messiah that is yet to come. For every human leader, like we saw in our Psalms text this morning, every human leader is only a small picture of the Messiah to come. And whatever our leadership task Whatever leadership may be here on the globe, Jesus is the model for how he or she ought to be doing their work. Jesus is the model of righteousness and equity and genuine prosperity which every leader ought to be seeking for the welfare of their people. But folks... No one human leader, nor even all human leaders together, can make the world completely right. Injustice, famine, and death will always be present to plague us. That is why, Christian, you and I have been appointed and commissioned to call the world to focus on our Messiah. For he alone is the ultimate solution to every human need. It is our Messiah who will come as the final resolution to the problems of the world. It is Jesus Christ who comes with his powerful Holy Spirit to renew the weary and decaying spirit of this present age. Okay, I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning. (laughs) I know that most people here this morning are urgently and expectantly waiting for the return of the Messiah. And you understand that full and complete answers must await coming. So what ought our response be to these things? Here's my first suggestion to you. Stop idolizing people. Stop idolizing people. Don't be deceived. No human leader can ever double for Christ's anointed one. Human leaders cannot, despite all their rhetoric, usher in the millennial kingdom. They cannot make the wolf and the lamb dwell together. Look at the peace process in the Middle East. And if they can, it won't last very long. War will always be a fact of life. The poor will continue to struggle to get a righteous judgment. You will be very disappointed if you think that the nursing child can play alongside the cobra without getting hurt. Cruelty and pain will remain a fact of life until the true Messiah comes. Well, in fact, I would offer this. If we idolize our leaders asking them to deliver what they cannot possibly deliver, it will only harm and hinder them from doing the good that they can do. Have you noticed the news lately? Now, on the one hand, are those who are making incredibly grandiose claims for all that the Trump administration is about to accomplish. And on the other hand, is some of the most disrespectful, and vilifying speech I have ever heard. And the poor man has yet to spend one day in office. (laughs) Let's stop idolizing our leaders and demanding from them to do what only the Messiah can do. Instead, let's remember that they are failed flesh of like nature to our own and let's earnestly pray for them. Here's my second point. Simply because we can't do everything is not an excuse for doing nothing. (laughs) You know, what I've discovered is Christians really hate half-a-loaf solutions. You see, we come to church and we're so used to looking at our perfect Lord Jesus that all the flaws and all the failures of the world around us stand out with very sharp contrast. And sometimes I think we're tempted to imagine well, if I can't have the whole loaf, I don't want anything. If I can't have the whole loaf, it just isn't right. Well, you are correct, it isn't right. But it also isn't the time either. For perfection awaits the return of the Messiah. Then he will do what only he can do. So in the meantime, you do what God's given you to do, and you do it with all your heart. Thirdly, don't be insular. God, Jesus Christ, did not commission us to a bunker mentality. He did not call us to hunker down and ride out the storm and just hope for the best. Quite the opposite. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Don't have a bunker mentality. Fourthly, be hopeful. Be hopeful. Though we don't know the when, we know both the why and the certainty. Of the Messiah's return. You see, hope is not just wishful thinking. Hope is a knowledge of a sure and certain thing. Only it's coming at a moment we don't know. Hope is a knowledge of a sure and certain thing. Only it's coming at a moment we don't know. Now, i got to warn you. You already know this. Living in hope is not pain-free. Even the martyrs under the altar cry out, How long, O Lord? We pray, we watch, we wrestle, and sometimes it seems that we are all alone swimming up against the current. It seems that the current of this world is ready to sweep everything away before the flood and take us with it. But here is the Messiah's promise to you. Luke 18, 7. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give them justice Speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Friends, while you wait, remember that God has not left you without a guide. This this Messiah, this leader, has come with the gift of his Holy Spirit. He wants to comfort you when you arise from your sleep in a way that the morning news never can. He wants to meet you at noonday in the midst of your burdens and travail. He wants to bring you joy and comfort when you lie down at night like Fox News at 11 never will. While you await his return, while you labor in hope, this Messiah has already come, bringing you the treasure of his presence in the power of the Holy Spirit. God has much in store for the world yet to come. But for his own, for those who eagerly await his coming, He's already given you the gift of himself in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.